This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Well, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take plays, films, and more that have never been staged before, or are never likely to be staged again, and we talk about how we'd stage them. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello. Hello, Caleb. Now, Caleb, on the 3rd yeah. of May, yeah. Uh, yeah. the director and writer James Nash tweeted, <laughs> Gun to head, you are forced to make a film into a piece of theatre. What do you choose? I choose Cloverfield. And that tweet, that tweet, it went, it went theatre Twitter viral. Let's say it got, it got lots of responses. People were throwing out their ideas, but then, then James realised something. He realised that what he'd really done is he'd described this podcast to the world, um, except he'd added a gun to the whole, the whole and, equation, and he had added a gun. Um, so, Which I uh, think is perfect. But, but sans gun, James joins us today. Hello. <laughs> Hello, it's really lovely, lovely to be here. I do have a gun uh, with me in the studio um, that a that a socially distanced friend is holding. Um, they're standing, they're standing outside. Yes, yeah, I'm in here. It's all good. You don't have to call the police. It's all fun. as long as yeah. as long as you're held at gunpoint from a safe distance. That is that's all yeah. that matters. Exactly. I think that's the. I can't believe we got the the, the original poster himself though. It's great. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we've got you, we, we got you. the guy that came <laughs> up with the idea with, for our podcast. Like it's <laughs> it's great. Um, um, yeah, it's really great to see you guys. Um, I've always been a listener. Love what you did. Um, love what you did with uh, my original text. You yeah. took it and you turned it into a film. yeah. We adapt. That's I'm, what I'm we very do. sorry. Always. Uh, <laughs> um, so James, you're you're a writer and a director. Um, yeah. Why don't you give us just as brief as you like a little insight into the kind of stuff that you make? Um, yeah. So um, I'm a director and writer, as you said. Um, I run the theatre company Anorak, which makes short form theatre for intimate spaces. Mm. Uh, the last show we did before the uh, pandemic. Um, can't believe I almost forgot that word, um, <laughs> was called Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, which was about like imagining utopian futures. Uh, but the most recent thing I've done is um, that I've, um, along with five other writers, written the second series of Radio Elusia, which is a fiction podcast by Boundless Theatre. Awesome. Brilliant. You are here today to discuss a, a seminal piece of uh, 21st century cinema, I feel. <laughs> And to hell yeah, and to attempt to uh. stage it um, today on on the podcast we are doing 2008's uh, Cloverfield, directed by Matt Reeves, uh, produced by J.J. Abrams, uh, starring a bunch of uh, semi well known actors: Lizzie Kaplan, Jessica Lucas, T.J. Miller. Well, I don't want to say too much before we get into it. It was it was kind of a cult hit when it when it first came out, um, and it was marketed. I believe it was marketed without even its title. It was marketed with just the date of release when it was when it was initially released or something crazy like that. Yeah, I think there was so the big thing I remember from it was um they created like an ARG or like alternate reality game mm. um where they would they'd post like a bunch of kind of fake well real websites but real websites for fake things so like fake corporations or like fake organizations. Mm and built this kind of like law around it um, and then put like the kind of more normal um, like trailers and that kind of stuff um, with it to kind of make it seem like, oh, it's this real mysterious, yeah, yeah. like weird little thing. Um, and the fact that it was Jay, yeah. Oh, sorry, well, just ahead. what a beautiful insight into those sort of early days of the internet where things oh, were, <laughs> were fun, fun alternate reality games and things. You know, <laughs> you, know you could you could post something that was clearly false. Yeah. And it wouldn't lead to absolute massive political upheaval. It was great. I absolutely hate the fact that you're calling 2008 the early days of the internet. Well, I, I hate mean, that. I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that is, that's fair. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, Maybe that's, yeah, that's a little, that's a little generous. 
Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was still the honeymoon phase. I feel of the internet, yeah, yeah, the early days of social yeah, media. Was, I think. Yeah, that's that. no, that's that's fair. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, oh, James, man. why don't you why don't you give us a rundown of the plot of of Cloverfield, oh, if you may? Of course, um, it is it is an incredibly complex labyrinthine uh, story. <laughs> um, it's not. It's it's incredibly simple. Basically, um, a monster attacks New York City in 2008 when it's when it's uh when it's set don't know why i mentioned that but um yeah monster attacks new york city and it's told from the perspective of four people who meet at like this guy's leaving party um and like the big i think the big kind of formal device within it is is um it's all shot as if it's shot on like some like dude's like uh recording camera mm. so it kind of makes everything you're seeing diegetic that's the right yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's a really interesting formal device and way of doing it. But yeah, as a film, it's it's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, man. It's like it's like fine. some bits. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think the, the best bit about it is that kind of formal device mm. and like the weird like marketing push around it to make it seem like way bigger than it was. Yes. Um, yeah. Because yeah, the, yeah, it's like the way that it happens. Like, like the acting's okay. They're doing like the best with what they can, yeah. but it is, it's kind of funny. You mentioned social media because it kind of feels like maybe not. If I put my, if I put my wankers hat on, um, <laughs> It kind of has for the, that for the listeners who who can't see James. He's actually just put his wankers hat on. <laughs> he took uh, off his he really... took off his abstinence hat and he put his wankers out. <laughs> you guys, you know, um, it's really sad you're missing out on all this hat content. But um, I think you could like I think it obviously wasn't meant as this at all. But it's, I think it's quite interesting to think of Cloverfield as um, as a critique of the social media generation mm. um, of this, you know, it's like these, I feel like, I I mean, that's not kind of serious. I think that's a nice way of saying all the characters in it are kind of dickheads. <laughs> they, or like yes. just kind of like... Mm-hmm. And cringeworthy dialogue um, throughout as well, I feel. Yeah, like there's, um, I don't think it's, it's too much of a spoiler. There's like a moment where like they're confronted with this army officer and the army officer's like, we've got to, we're getting people out of New York because the monster's winning. And... The one of the guy is just like arguing with him because he needs to like find his girlfriend. And it's like, look, I, I think that's a fairly realistic thing that would happen yeah, in that situation. Yeah. But like the way that happens is so like whiny yeah. and just so like petulant. It's like, dude, there's like <laughs> the, and the, a literal monster. It's like he tries to um, get the the um, general, you know, sergeant or whoever he is um, to like to feel what he's feeling by saying like i never told her i loved her and i you know and the guy yeah the military guy's just like yeah all right whatever like we're about to blow the whole city up like just get over it it's kind of it's kind of like those those moments of like like i need to rush to the airport to tell this person i love them yeah in like the middle of this like monster movie (laughs) filmed on some like some dudes like phone camera or whatever yeah, um yeah. it's yeah it's like a really it's yeah i think it's there's a lot of moments that make you like kind of cringe or i think it's like yeah where it feels like really dissonant from a lot of the stuff that they do to make you feel like invested within that yes, world yeah um yeah like a lot of the a lot of the non-visual storytelling um is pretty bad yeah um yeah it's weird yeah i mean i I was kind of okay with most of the dialogue apart from the camera holder HUD who I found <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the most annoying, I think the most annoying film character I've ever come across, possibly. <laughs> Interesting. He is quite awful. I, I think, yeah, there's there's a moment where they're, they're just like walking through like a subway. I feel like the more like fragmented bits make it sound way more interesting than it actually is. As a, or like so much happens in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're walking through and they're just he's like talking about this like he's talking about like some kind of like um like story about like some guy setting homeless people on fire <laughs> and like it'd be oh i'd be so scared if like one of these homeless people like came up to us and the guy literally is just like just shut up just shut up dude <laughs> and we're all it's thinking kind the of, same thing <laughs> it kind of feels like i mean yeah it kind of feels like it it feels like 
like a video game yeah in like the way that it's laid out of like there's like one moment where you're sort of like in the party and it's like the first cut scene or whatever and then like the monster attacks and then they're like running away i think it helped because it's like it's all first person and then you go into the sewers and you have to fight like a bunch of like weird parasite things and like just i think there's something weird about that because it feels like there's no stakes because it's like if anyone dies or any if anything happens it's like oh no that thing happened okay, we'll just go on to the next thing. And there isn't really, like, much carryover yeah. of that kind of stuff. Now you've said that, it really reminds me of the Alien games that I that I used to play. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't... I guess because they did the alternate reality game and because this was quite sort of low budget for what it was. But I'm surprised they didn't do a tie-in video game because that sort of mid-2000s was sort of prime time for tie-in video games. I do, I do kind of think, obviously, this is very much the wrong podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think it would... I think it would actually work really well as like a video game yeah. or at least like I think there would be something interesting in kind of like a slightly because um, I think someone like a bunch of reviews at the time compared it to Half-Life mm, in that way that yeah. it kind of it does follow through in that you are sort of seeing from one person's perspective throughout like a whole thing and it's kind of an odyssey um, sort of this the yeah. actual journey of it as well yeah there's alien creatures you know <laughs> i i think one person uses a crowbar yeah. at one point yeah yeah the actual monster itself am i right in thinking it's supposed to be the kind of jj abrams wanted like an american version of yeah godzilla. the story yeah. is him and his son were in japan and they were looking at godzilla like action figures and he's like why does the west not have godzilla <laughs> well the west See, does know, have godzilla JJ, but... i don't know yeah maybe america didn't get nuked <laughs> in like and they didn't need to make art to go through that. yeah well and i guess that's it right is this this is i i, I think you're sort of thought about this sort of being similar to like some kind of commentary on social media is interesting because the the guest the the sort of main reading of this film is that it's this like post 9-11 look at sort of national anxiety and oh yeah i mean yeah. it is also that and it, it is like, that no it's absolutely right and yeah. and and i guess so i guess jj abrams did sort of use that sort of godzilla law to create you know Amer yeah americans version looking at how do we deal with this sort of national disaster that is so public and so visible um and what does that look like from the ground which to be fair like i think this does fairly well and if the characters were less mm. annoying, I think it'd be a much better film <laughs> because it would yeah. be it would be an interesting exploration of that. But yeah, it, it is also like, oh, this is all just Godzilla, but J.J. Abrams had a crack at it kind of thing. <laughs> all right. So having said all of that, let's think about putting it on stage. Um, now, it's found footage. It's got a giant CGI monster in it with lots of CGI minions. Uh, it's from one person's perspective. Everyone dies at various points, including at the end when everyone gets bombed. James, it was your idea. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, so I have two potential options. Awesome. Um, so the first one I think is mm, it's not the, it's not the safer one. I think in both of them, I want to try when I was thinking about how I would stage the movie Cloverfield um, after Drew Godden and Matt Reeves. Um, I was I was always trying to think of like how do you replicate what the film is doing formally within a theatre, mm. um, and so I think the first the first thought I had was well it's got to be if it's like this is like first person and is told kind of quite viscerally from one person's perspective then it has to be um, a secret cinema style absolute total theatre kind of thing yeah um and as soon as i kind of thought about that secret theater thing i was like oh yeah actually that would work really perfectly because you know secret cinema is is awful um and just like goes really it's like <laughs> look we've all we've all seen the stories um if you're not familiar uh secret cinema is currently i think they got planning permission for it i don't know where it is in the saga but they basically are doing like their bullshit dirty dancing thing. Am, am, am i allowed to swear yeah yeah like, that's Fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're allowed okay. to swear. Fuck yeah, buddy. <laughs> swear Town, USA. Um, yeah, the um, Secret Cinema are like using, I think, one of the few patches of green space in um, Walthamstow. Maybe not one of the few patches, but like a big patch of like green space mm. and basically putting like a dirty dancing performance or like 
dirty dancing whatever it is i've never i've never actually been whatever they're doing there for like the whole of the summer basically depriving like a bunch of people of like green space right um during this time because i what i've always been struck i've never been to one of the secret cinema things um but i've always been struck that it's like the perfect use of like old warehouses or like brownfield sites or whatever so it seems weird to me that they would then decide like oh for a whole summer we're going to take over a green space that's yeah 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 well that's yeah great good for them (laughs) clearly yeah you clearly you need to be part of secret cinema so they can stop doing (laughs) that kind of rubbish um but yeah i think there's yeah i mean that's that's kind of like a jokey answer but i think there would be something interesting about like that kind of thing of walking past like a massive just to say to the listeners there's a big part of in cloverfield a lot of like the marketing was revolved around um like the statue of liberty with its head like ripped off yeah and there's an early bit it's in all the trailers so it doesn't feel like much of a spoiler yeah um where the uh, the guy holding the camera captures like the head of the statue of liberty being thrown and sort of just coming or like being thrown to a place where he is and then turning around and being like oh my god it's the statue of liberty's head <laughs> um of like of like stuff like that would be i think kind of not specifically but like something where you kind of like walk past that and go through like recreated not like scenes per se but like recreated like settings yeah um kind of like an installation yeah so on on that like so we haven't quite explained what when you say secret cinema obviously that is a company that does a certain thing could you summarize in a couple of sentences what that is of course um so secret cinema basically create these massive kind of like mostly installations with like a little bit of performance in of um specific films so they'll usually um, show like a film like Blade Runner or The Shawshank Redemption and they'll then create sort of settings and locations from that film mm. um, as like theatre sets and you can kind of you are um, you're asked to like dress up if you can or like bring like certain like things so if it's Back to the Future dress up like you're in the 50s or um, if you're in Blade Runner dress like you're like a cyberpunk whatever yeah <laughs> it's Back to the Future dress up like your back is to the future <laughs> exactly yeah just turn away from the passing of time um don't think about how you could grow don't do any of that just like look away um um but yeah they're so that's they do kind of immersive things based on films um and i think they've grown slightly controversial over like the last few years because of like stuff that they don't like walthamstow but also i think like a few people just um ask like like what's the point of it or like what like does it actually bring i think someone said about the shawshank redemption like people being treated as like prisoners before they saw the film or after it and being like shouted at and all this kind of stuff and it's just a bit like like why 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 do we why do we need to do this yeah. so like the reviews at, le- at least at the time were kind of questioning like what it adds necessarily but yeah i think that kind of you know shouty atmosphere that's like a lot of cloverfield so that could work pretty well <laughs> yeah. um and and then the set, then the second thing. So yeah, we have we have the awful commercialized immersive installation version of the film, mm-hmm. um, with probably like a massive animatronic of the monster at the end. Yeah, yeah, um, and a guy following who... you with a camcorder shouting at you the whole time. <laughs> I think that would be really. <laughs> oh fun. yeah, you get <laughs> at the end. You get to being have... incredibly annoyed. <laughs> At the end, you get to have like a photo of you being shouted at and like some annoying guy following you all the time. Um, and then I at just, the end, my, in my head is the is the Donald Trump screaming at the lawnmower kid meme. What? It's, what? It, oh god! You know, Phil. You know the you know the the picture of Donald Trump in the White House front garden, like screaming at this kid mowing <laughs> the lawn. Oh, you don't know I don't this one. I think you'd recognise sure, it. I'm sure. I probably, I probably would. I feel that sometimes I think there are just too many memes. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're right, and we will indeed <laughs> cut this. So continue. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, and then um, at the end of my immersive staging, um, the monster just actually smashes you. Just like absolutely gets 
their fist and just blams you against the ground. Um, and I think that would be, I think that would be the perfect way that Secret Cinema could stage it yeah. um, in as visceral a way as possible. Yes, yeah. um, the secret is you don't survive. Yeah, yeah, that's the secret. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's so there's that version, mm-hmm. and then there's the slightly more serious version. Mm. I say slightly more serious. Um, it is an adaptation of Cloverfield. Um, but yeah, when I was thinking about that, like how you translate it formally to theatre, mm. I was kind of thinking about what is the closest that we have to found footage mm. in theatre. And actually, I came across it's like, oh, it's verbatim plays. <laughs> this is... That's incredible. Like, I'm crossing off my bingo card. That's exactly the thought I had prior to the, this recording. Is yeah, theatre's version of found footage is verbatim. That's exactly yeah, what it, it is. is. It is absolutely. That's so weird. Caleb said exactly the same thing. It's oh, exactly yeah. that to me. Well, about I'm, two I'm, hours ago. I'm disappointed. What I thought was quite a cool idea. No, no, I, I love it's it. Actually, it's actually something anyone could fucking come up with. That's right, Caleb. <laughs> You have no, you have no nous. No, no, Caleb, you are, you are everything. <laughs> Anything um, you can do, anyone can do. No, um, I regret, I regret saying that. <laughs> I, I said it just as a joke, but I realise that was actually kind of mean. I'd like to apologise. No, sorry, Caleb. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Sorry, Caleb. Also, sorry to the listeners for having to hear that. You don't need to hear. Mummy and Daddy are doing just fine. It's okay. So yeah, I think it would be really interesting. I think it would be. A mix of, I think there's two ways you could go about it. Mm. You could lean into just, this is like, this is like a dumb and ridiculous and silly. Mm. Or you could go into the actual, just like taking it seriously of like, this is what, this is what happened. Um, And like really going to town with the idea of like the destruction of this thing and building up. Um, I guess like, yeah, that kind of that lore or adding in that sort of that background ARG stuff into it of sort of saying... Like from this timeline, there this thing happened, and this led to this, and this led to this, and this finally led to the monster kind of arriving in the city, um, and these things happening, and being able to, I guess, because you have that verbatim um, source material, you can have way more characters rather than just like the mm. four or five in the original. You can like include them, and I think actually. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's like a bit at the end, which I think is like fairly, it's not like, it's not like poetry, Mm. but it's like, I think a really interesting, really well done scene that feels what they were aiming for in terms of like the tone and how it feels. Yes. Um, It feels like vulnerable, like the main reason they, I assume, had that kind of found footage camera stuff in the first place to make it feel like direct and human and stuff yeah and i think that would work like that bit would the that bit would work really well within like a verbatim thing because it is just text and it is like simple yeah um and i think yeah just expanding upon um finding interesting ways of presenting this creature in some way like Mm. that is that's kind of like not necessarily like war horse kind of stuff like that would be a bit dumb but like finding ways of presenting (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, third way. Yeah, it's war horse. Yeah, it's yeah, Cloverfield war horse. It's Clover horse. Um, I love that. <laughs> so, just to clarify, so do you mean do you mean Sorry. we make do you mean we make up things and we present them as verbatim? Yes. Is it like so? Like, am I think I'm thinking like like have you seen Mr. Burns by Anne Washburn? Yes, yes, it? I've read it. So yeah. that is it's basically a for the listeners it's a play. That essentially takes one episode of The Simpsons and then retells it based on various iterations through generations of post-apocalyptic kind of retellings. And so I wonder, do you mean, do you mean like that? Like we're we're like we're past the event and we have verbatim accounts somehow. And we're kind of retelling this alternate history, mm. or do you mean? we present it as happening on stage and then and if we do that in what sense is it verbatim oh yeah i i mean i mean it in the first way um, yeah well because yeah, okay, i was oh, yeah. thinking yeah, yeah. that because the film itself kind of presents its, it, itself as like this is property of uh the cia or the fbi or whatever yeah whatever. and and it's like the kind of, i guess the idea is like matt reeves as a person has been able to get hold of this property of the government and present it to us as best he feels he can and I'm thinking maybe even you do, you really break down the barrier of what this is between the audience and the and the performers. And you have someone come out on stage and they introduce themselves as the sort of uh, archivist or curator who has collected these mm-hmm. government documents together 
to present to you what happened. Well, I mean, if we did it now, but we still said it in 2008, what happened, you know, 15 years ago in New York. And I mean, yeah, I, that sounds, that's a great idea. Yeah. And he's sort of like, so this is a collection and I've just got, you know, this is, you could even, he could even sort of pitch it as like a kind of rehearsed reading type thing. And then you bring out the actors and then they perform this verbatim version of Cloverfield based on actual government documents of what happened in New York in 2008. And then at the end, we realized that the monster didn't go away and it is really here. And then it (laughs) smashes you. Secret cinema style. Blammo. Um, yeah, the secret, s- you cannot escape secret cinema. <laughs> the, spoiler, the spoiler is um, it's all part of the same production, much like J.J. Abrams's ARG whatever's. Yeah. It's it's all adding to the same thing. There's going to be two. There's going to be my, like the proper version, the kind of beta one, yeah. and the secret cinema one running at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And people are going to think, oh, they're not related. They are related. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Surprise, Surprise, we were keeping a secret from you. The secret was cinema. Oh, God. Uh, oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. That is a, that is a much... That is, that is the ending I think we all deserve. Um, but I think, it's, I think it is interesting thinking about it like that. When you were talking about that, it reminded me of uh, the theatre maker and director, uh, Lola Arias, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. And she does, she does a lot of, um, yeah, documentary theatre for lack of a better word mm. that covers sort of like reacting to something from like, from where we are now. So I think her two famous ones, uh, one's called Minefield, which reunites British, uh, soldiers and Falkland Island. So sol- no Argentine soldiers mm. who both fought in like the, um Falklands War and yeah just they kind of recount their things but it's also everyone on stage is a is from either either fought in the Falklands for like Argentina or fought for Britain during that time Mm. um and then did a similar thing called the Atlas of Communism which was about like the real life stories of all these women and like two two who weren't um who had lived under like the East German communist regime um, and it was like really interesting and it kind of made me think this Cloverfield could be kind of like a parody of that <laughs> of you have these people I love that <laughs> we, uh, we aim at parody rather than like emulation <laughs> like um, like not not parody in like woohoo <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah but like parody in more just like pers- more like pastiche yeah, of like yeah. it's taking it's taking that it isn't necessarily making fun of it but it's um kind of expanding the form there's there is a few fake verbatim well plays. i was gonna say i can't i can't myself think of a fake verbatim play but i know that this is very similar to the novel world war z which was turned into yeah. a film of brad pitt which is quite different but the the novel itself I think, having not read it, but my brother read it and told me about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's like multiple people's accounts of the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Yes. And then they're threaded together by Brad Pitt's character who's going around collecting those accounts from people. Mm. Um, so it's I guess it's kind of similar to that. But like you said, there's also been fake verbatim plays that I imagine would be capturing the same sort of thing. Yeah. I'm I'm reading Taking Care of Baby. Yes, that's uh, Dennis Kelly. That's like Dennis a big Kelly. one. I can't... Which I don't know anything about. Yeah. I neither do I beyond the fact that it's like it's presented as a verbatim play mm. and then at some point they go psych um yeah and it's not and then it all you I think you realize oh it's not a verbatim play there's another one I can't remember the exact name um I think it's like called like B12 by Stuart Slade mm. Um, James Fritz also wrote of a fake verbatim play, which I can't remember. The author by Tim Crouch is kind of like fake verbatim or like it's, it deals with this fake reality. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in that kind of Tim Crouch way is like, oh, all these people aren't obviously all real, but we can pretend that all these things happened. And there was mm. a writer called Tim Crouch who wrote like a play in the nineties and then, went through like a breakdown or whatever yeah so yeah it is i think it's really interesting also ah forgot about this one thing neil bartlett the director neil bartlett did a adaptation of albert camus the plague Mm. kind of in that sort of style of like as if it's like a kind of verbatim tribunally kind of thing yeah i haven't seen either but i've heard like really great things about that production and it's one of those big theatrical regrets uh not seeing it yeah the one the slade play you were thinking of is bu21 uh yes and it is 
it's the synopsis is six young people are caught in the aftermath of a terrorist attack in the heart of London. There you go. It's verbatim theatre from the very near this, future. Is this is that, but uh, it, but we're using a big monster as an allegory for terrorism. So that's fun, I guess. Yeah. Yes, because because in theatre, unlike in film, it is easier to do a big monster than no, no, not at all. Yeah. Look, guys, I think you're forgetting. They made a horse be on stage. They can do anything. <laughs> this is true. The moment they, they made a horse be on stage, we all realised that, that they can do anything. Didn't we, we realise... Anything can happen. Didn't we realise when we saw that that fake horse, <laughs> when we saw that fake horse on stage, we are we are talking all about pantomimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Two, two uh, blokes in a furry horse. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why is it furry? Aren't they... Pantomime horses yeah, are furry? It's, yeah, it's like, it's like a fake horse. It's not, it's like it's not like the define. It's just the way you were like, yeah, yeah. A, well, you know, a furry you know, as opposed horse, to you know, the, the warhorse horse, which isn't furry. I feel yeah, like. the warhorse horse. The warhorse. Weird saying it that. Made so me, it made me feel uh, furry inside. The warhorse horse, war horse is is very much not. It's look. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> They 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 did a thing with a horse yeah, and it looked good. Yeah. I don't know why I'm and saying like a and you're the first. I sound like I'm. <laughs> we're all the first people to say that the warhorse horse was good. I've not heard that yeah. said before. I don't know why I'm slagging. No no no. Off also, it's not. Um, it's it's the warhorse warhorse. Yeah, oh, oh no! <laughs> we gotta oh, cut no. all of that. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say <laughs> they made us believe that a horse existed on stage. Yes. And I think we can do the same with uh, the Cloverfield monster. Absolutely. So h- how <laughs> how would you like to try and do that? Ooh, I did not prepare <laughs> for that question. Um, you know, I think... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have an answer. I'll think about it. Well, I'll think I, about I it. had. I was going to say. I was, all right, you think about it, and when when you're ready, you can do the podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, fair play, fair play. I probably should have. Look, I. This is okay. Everything I'm about to say is a joke. Okay. So just think, like you know, this is just what my process is it's like. It's funny you know? when you disclaim it. You know, <laughs> this is just what my process is yes. like. You know, I think about. I I go in. I go in. We've no, no ideas. ideas I go in yeah. with no no ideas whatsoever, and I and I get a group together, and I say, "I'm like, I've got nothing, but let's make something." <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. that's what I think. And you're available that's for what hire, I think right, I need to do. <laughs> Absolutely, I am very much free at the moment. Um, um, please talk to my agent um, once I get one. My um, my <laughs> my thought um, as part of recreating it is um, this film uh, in the similar way to. Films before it, like Jaws um, and other monster films, uh, holds off the full reveal of the horror of the monster for some time. And uh, we just see it in snippets of news footage and things like that until sort of, yeah, probably the last 20 minutes or so. I'm wondering if um, before we show the monster, uh, what we do is because we have these first person accounts being delivered by our cast, we could use just sort of these quite simple first person accounts without too much action on stage, but with soundscapes going on around. Yeah, that's a good one. And if you had a a relatively large cast, you could even do some of it, you know, made prior, but then some of the, some of it being live soundscaping that we're creating in the moment on stage for the audience. And that could be a way of building the world before we then find an actual way of showing a giant alien as well. I think there's, there's something really interesting in that. I think also because, because in the film, and I guess in this um, this production mm. uh, that will be on at the Almeida in 2023, <laughs> um, no, um, but <laughs> but, but um, Almeida, if you're listening, we, we, we but if you it. are, I mean, like, I mean, they did. Um, they were going to do Force Majeure at the Donmar. Mm. I feel it's only a matter of time before <laughs> the Almeida does. <laughs> no, um, I think there's something really good about that because in the film, I don't think it's it's. Again, I feel like I'm saying a lot of this isn't a spoiler, um, but I don't think I don't think it is. It's it's not my. We yeah. we are a we're a spoiler full it, it doesn't, podcast. Okay. If you if you if someone is listening to this and they haven't seen the film at this point, it's just on you. <laughs> It's 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 it's, 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 it's listen to a stage Cloverfield. Yeah. If you've not seen Cloverfield, yeah. what are you going to get out of this? How how dare you? <laughs> well, well, well. Look, it's it's either on you that we spoil it, 
or you've decided that you're going to learn about the plot of this film from yeah, us telling you. Fine. Like, you can't have both. <laughs> And like yeah, you can't, yeah. as we said before, there is not much plot. <laughs> no. Okay, getting back on topic. I think because in the film, the way that it's shot means that you never see the monster right until the end. Mm. I think there's something interesting you can do through like the kind of peppering of the kind of fake verbatim interviews of having someone describe like a really specific part of that monster. Yeah. Um, and maybe even find like some kind of, it sounds, does this sound awful? Like some kind of like shadow puppetry kind of thing. No, I like, or, like that. some kind yeah. of, maybe not like, maybe not in like a, I'm doing a bunny rabbit, but like <laughs> some kind of thing of like angling, like an object that they kind of present as like a verbatim or like not verbatim, but like present as like this, like actual existing artifact mm. and sort of shine, like having a torch and having it sort of like project onto the wall and it being like, this becomes like the hand or this becomes like the foot yeah. or whatever. Um, and I think what would be, I think what would be really interesting if you have that kind of very specific, like theatrical language of, Oh, these are semi kind of fake things and we're sort of making you imagine and present these like kind of bigger things or making you fill in uh fill in the gaps yeah that's what i was looking for yeah. i think it'd be really interesting because there are these weird horrible like parasite lice things that are like like the size of dogs yes. in the film awful absolutely the, the, scary yeah, scary scary dudes <laughs> yeah they are the worst <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I was I was all for this monster just like walking around the city, batting away like soldiers and stuff. But as soon as those parasites started attacking me and my mates in the subway, not on, absolutely not on. No, because they're like, yeah, they're like horrible kind of stuff. It'd be kind of interesting if you brought out like this hyper real like dead parasite yeah. onto stage and if you have all of this this kind of stuff of like oh like oh we're sort of talking around this thing and making you imagine stuff and then have you go okay here's a thing look at this horrible disgusting like mm, thing yes yeah um i think that's that would and jj really probably um, has like that prosthetic one they have in the in the thing <laughs> in his house somewhere so we'll just call him up oh of course he does <laughs> Because yeah, there's, there's that. There's like one yeah. shot of something that looks. It's like, like getting carried past in the in the military. Yeah, sort of field there's yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's another thing to discuss: getting blown up when you get bitten. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness! Head explode. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. so well, I, well they do that with puppets. They do that with shadows. Actually, yeah, that's it's how behind they get a, it. it's behind a sheet. That, isn't it? Behind that a, is a true. Yeah. So um, everything comes gonna... back to the film. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, but 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 I think like. I, I, I've done some stuff with shadow puppetry and I think when it is done right, it is really mm. effective and can be really cool. And so I'm all for that. The other thing I would point out is this thing is supposed to be 23 stories tall and we are in a theatre that's like, you know, three yeah, but stories Jake, tall. You, what you five. forget is we're going to build a theatre that is 23 stories tall. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to, I think you need to remember for my creative vision, um, we are going to have to create at least a 40 story theater building okay preferably but seriously. on green space <laughs> no that's that's fair no no but 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 seriously seriously i mean yeah. let's use yeah let's use brown brown field i mean that just means that it's had something built on it before doesn't yes it? It but does, anyway yeah. um seriously i would say like you can either do this if you're doing this like in a traditional proscenium arch theater kind of space mm. then what i'm thinking like it's 23 stories tall so we only need to make legs yeah <laughs> yeah like and then yeah. and actually that's just not that hard and yeah, then and suddenly true. like and suddenly we're there and then yeah that we can bring yeah. in those kind of like elements and you as you say like surprise surprise it's actually far more realistic than we thought it was and i like this idea of it kind of growing out of like a table read to something far more realistic and yeah. more visceral. and then but then also if you want to do like an outdoor kind of different space then there is space for like projecting onto a building you know that's a few meters away mm. if you want to do that kind of thing um to create and again, look, it is ridiculous because, you know, it's a lot of money or whatever, but, but that, that is the, that's the lovely thing about this podcast is we don't have a budget. <laughs> okay. So we can think okay. about things staging, like this. Staging idea number four. We blow up Manhattan. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, staging five then. Um, I think, I think it would be very funny if, um, if like an open air theatre mm. did it, like Regent's Park or something. That'd be very funny. Um, that's all I wanted to say. No, no, no. Um, um, yeah, to no. take us back to the proscenium arch theater if that's okay jake just for a moment i'm thinking as well like if we if we used that shadow puppetry idea and the and 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 holding off that holding of the sort of prosthetic creature 
right right until towards the end you can do scale without having to show the monster as 23 stories tall because you could do some one person's account is they were across the water and and they weren't in manhattan at all or brooklyn or wherever it is in new york and 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 they just they just saw it from really far away and then you can then you can do a shadow puppetry thing of buildings being crushed by a massive creature yeah and we just and then you you imagine the destruction and you could do that sort of relatively early on and then you get the scale again of someone who was up close and then you just have like huge shadows of just something absolutely enormous passing by and I'm thinking even like the set just being as simple as maybe even just like plastic, that sort of plastic sheeting that she's behind when her head explodes. Yeah. And doing all of the good. shadow puppetry onto the back of that, but also being able to then use it as part of the set when we're in the field hospital and those moments. And like you say, Jake, building from this, this thing of like, like a table read and everyone's just talking and presenting accounts into something that incorporates more action and even having something towards the climax of being someone taken behind that sheet and their head explodes against it and all that gory our stuff favorite oh. our favorite quote of course is i love action i love action, <laughs> action um, theater. um which is a quote about spider-man <laughs> Doc that we have in we have in yeah. our show right now, um, oh, yeah. so um yeah and because one way i was thinking about doing that is this idea of this fake verbatim i was wondering whether like we could have one thing that's like like how, how all these footage found like we've got the camcorders maybe we've got a couple of people who've written stuff down mm. and i was wondering oh maybe maybe we have one that's like an answering machine where someone's like tr- describing it and talking about something that's going on and then like it cuts off yeah because they've been killed yeah, in some be way really cool. and i think that would be quite a nice way of building into the kind of more visceral moments if we have if we start with this table read and then it kind of gets a little bit more like, okay, we're reading a letter or whatever. And okay, here's an answering machine. We hear like one or two answering machines and then we hear a third one and then that person kind of dies. And then actually we kind of see it far more viscerally than, than we were seeing things before. And then that starts to grow out from there. Yeah. I kind of like, just as a shock factor, I thought would be yeah. quite And nice. if we've got that sort of yeah, meta narrative really of this beginning as a table read and then becoming a piece of theater as as the sort of actual piece goes on, you could even woman in black. You style. could even I've not actually seen woman in black in the theater. Is that what happens? Well, it's a rehearsal oh, that becomes that's very cool, kind of real. Um, but yeah. you could even have where like it begins with this table read and someone's reading this like horrific voicemail left on an answering machine, and but they're just reading it like like you would when you're first reading a text. So yeah. they don't even put all of the emotion that's required into it, and it relies entirely on like the shocking language. And then later on, we could even see that that pop up again, but this time it's performed as if it's actually taking mm. place. And you could use yeah. sort of repetition and yeah, and and yeah, these sort of repeated motifs and and a development of as as the uh, event develops, also the sort of horror that is within the performance of it develops as well. That's really nice. I like how also you've inserted a thing that you do, but not everyone does, which is not put much acting into a table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Lots of people. Do, That's just good you, actors man. do actually act when they do a table read, but <laughs> whereas I just monotone the whole way through. All right, okay, I've been called out on the podcast, and that's okay. <laughs> you need to be called out yeah. every once in a while. It's it's all good. How about this B plot of the kind of? Well, I guess it's not really the B plot; it's the A plot. But it's it's this idea that like I would rather tell someone I love them and know I will die than survive but they'll never know oh my i mean do we want to keep that do we want to fuck it (laughs) i mean i mean like i think there's something within that that can be kept and i think because it is so flimsy and so small of a but i love her yeah um being like the it's it's you know what it is it's basically the plot of Shaun of the dead (laughs) But there's never a moment. But there's never a moment where they're like, "Oh, well, this was like a dumb idea," or like, "Oh, this was stupid." It's just like I think it's that played. I think I was going to say, is it more shocking than Shaun of the Dead? I mean, arguably not, but like, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Like, just like parts of society collapse in both. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't become friends with a monster at the end and play PlayStation. Um, <laughs> At least, uh, at least I'm not sure they do. <laughs> that was uh, that was actually the post credit scene. I don't, I don't think. You yeah. saw that. I think yeah. They, I think they're doing another one. I think they're doing a new Cloverfield. They like, are right because they, they but not the oh not the like the other ones that yeah. are in the same universe. But I haven't seen those. Well, and I've well heard. we're we're actually doing 
the Cloverfield paradox on my other podcast, which oh. is which is about rewriting mediocre movies, and it's a mediocre movie. <laughs> I say that much. <laughs> um, but those are all sort of like meant to be spiritual sequels. And the first of those was 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was actually pretty decent. But the other one, Cloverfield Paradox, which was a Netflix original, but is like widely agreed to have been a different film that they just inserted Cloverfield in like reshoots to make it have that IP. But yeah, as you say, I think they're going to be... So when you say, when you said um, uh, insert Cloverfield into reshoots, I'm just imagining him just like in the background, which is him like hanging out. Um... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But yeah, apparently they are doing a sequel that is back returning to this world that we saw in the original Cloverfield. Yeah. Also, from what I've imagined, I don't know if this is actually too spoilery because like Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, from what I've seen about it, Mm. really gives me like the vibes of like After the End by Dennis Kelly. Mm. Of like, they're both films about a woman trapped in like a bunker after a presumed like horrible thing by this man. And like, it's never really sure what's like particularly happened or like stuff like that. I I certainly a trope the like, um, you know, is there is has the world really ended or not? I feel like that's just a trope. I think it's in, yeah. I think it's in Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the premise Thank of Kimmy Schmidt. Right? Yeah. I think it, I think it makes good basis for psychological thriller, right? Of this is the thing true. that I'm not allowed to go and discover because I'll die if I do, and I just have to take your word for it. But the the trouble with Ten Cloverfield Lane was, and this is a big spoiler, but I, I don't really care. I guess spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert. Is is at the spoiler end alert. she leaves the bunker and it is an alien apocalypse. So it's kind of like he was he was right. <laughs> I mean, he was also a terrible man, but he was also correct. Look, okay, let's bring us back to uh, staging Cloverfield, which, so we, we've kind of got to this place where we know we want to do this sort of fake verbatim style. We're kind of going to ramp up the action as we ramp up the horror. And we're going to use this big sort of plastic sheeting and use shadow puppetry. And everything is about the language being as evocative as as the action or, or more so. The one thing I kind of wanted to touch on slightly is obviously this film, as I mentioned up top, is this kind of post 9-11 anxiety around terrorism type thing. And it's an unknown threat. And how do we respond to unknown threats? Is there a way of making this, I I guess, more universal than beyond an American audience of a specific time. Or even maybe this is too like trying to force some kind of fresh message on it. Is there a way of making this about environmental disaster? But again, using the monster as an allegory for that. I think there's definitely, um, there's definitely like basis of that. um, Because I think... I think in a in a weird way, maybe not a weird way, I think in a lot of ways, all monster movies are like these kind of environmental catastrophes yeah. of they're about this big natural presence coming in and destroying a city. Mm. And I think if you look at like the most recent Godzilla films, or at least um at least the one the one I've seen, um, this is what I'm basing <laughs> it on. Um the Gareth Edwards one in twenty fourteen. Yes, yeah. Um like a lot of that, a lot of that film is. Um, when was Fukushima? Was it 2013 or was it? Was it? It was just. Before, it was just before Godzilla. Yeah, I think it, okay. it might have been 2011 or around then or something. Okay, because like there's, I think the the way Godzilla 2014 starts um, is with this big kind of nuclear disaster, but the thing is, it's possibly Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. And I think there was. I think there's a really interesting. Um, piece of criticism i can't remember what it is um but it was sort of talking about these like these kind of nihilistic like action films that deal with like the destruction of the earth or like the apocalypse Mm. and talking about it in relation to climate crisis and this kind of like pervading sense of like eco-fascism of like whatever happens within these films whatever is destroyed within these films we kind of deserve it. Yeah. It's like some of the message behind that or like, it's like, there's nothing we can do to stop these like horrible things from happening. Yeah. There was this huge trope as well around like 
like when like 2012 came out and that kind those kind of movies about this idea where like standard disaster film except we have a scene at the beginning where we say we warned you about this yeah. and then we carry on with the disaster <laughs> yeah, film yeah um i love the day after tomorrow um, <laughs> yes that's that's the that was, that well was both of them one. do that, that yeah. yeah the neutrinos are mutating <laughs> that dora brian bit yeah um, yeah i think that's yeah. interesting and it and i guess there that's it is yeah it is nihilistic because it is like there was nothing we could do to stop this and in the film the only way they are going to prevent it is just by or, or stopping it now that it's happening is just by nuking it which is not yeah not a solution <laughs> to the environmental crisis yeah. before us yeah <laughs> and and if you and if you listen to the post credit scene yeah you can hear them saying i think saying it's still alive or like help us or like it's still alive yeah yeah um so there is that there is that thing at least um what the I think that would best be replicated in the theater production by after it leaves one of the actors shouts from backstage it's real <laughs> it's it's going to happen and then that's, a big leg the just comes I've out <laughs> Yeah, that's what I. Oh my god! Um, yeah, in any in any production that I'm pitching, yeah. I want the whole fist to be destroyed by a big hand, by a big fist, just like oosh, right down. I'm, I'm much more in favour of a technician at the end of the play, just just as everyone's getting up to leave, he just goes, "No, no, it's about the environment. It's going to happen." Yeah. I, I like the idea that they stop the monster with. Uh, with windmills and, and solar farms or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Load they up the they solar all become power. vegetarian and so the monster stops yeah. eating them, maybe. I don't know. There's, there's I, don't know. I think there's like, I think, I think it's, I think it's slightly, I think it's slightly bigger than that. Yeah. Of like there's, there's something of like this massive kind of existential, I think, okay. What I'm trying to say is I think my version of Cloverfield mm. staged in either a like a makeshift like theater or in the all media yeah. um i think is like questioning or like thinking about these kind of massive existential threats that are facing humanity yeah and talking about what happens when people have one gone through that and two i guess in some way overcome it yeah or have like dealt with it or done something with it um, and like looking back and seeing what had happened, because I think I think there's one thing to say that kind of like, oh, we should have listened kind of type of like media art, what you name it. But I think there's something much more interesting in talking about people's of experience of experiencing those kind of existential threats, detailing what happened, living through that. Yeah. And then what happened when they came out of the other side? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I no, I just, I think that that's really interesting. And and if we were to be framing this as like 15 years after the disaster is when this is being put on as a, as a play, you have that time after it where people would have adjusted to a new way of living based on what happened to them. And we can get mm-hmm. some of that come through. And maybe even, you know, we can build to some kind of climax, but we can have like, I guess like a much more quiet, epilogue that is a sort of and this is what life is like now yeah and i think that would be really interesting you know i guess as well i i linked it to the environmental crisis but you know we're going to be hopefully we're going to be emerging from a pandemic and there is something in this sort of unknown existential threat that we've all spent the last year experiencing some of us very close up some of us in a much more distanced way and kind of holding back from making a socially distanced pun um and um i'm <laughs> all i'm gonna say is covid field that's all i want to say that's all <laughs> that's perfect. And that, that's our show everyone <laughs> Good night. Curtains fall like i am so sorry <laughs> i am so so no, sorry no no that's absolutely <laughs> and that's absolutely perfect um but yeah i think there is something in showing life that far after an event uh, uh, of this magnitude and being able to and being able to i guess as well just not just point out that people overcome it but that that it does change the way people live and i guess that's what yeah. cloverfield was trying to do was saying look at how 9-11 has changed the way we think about these things and i think you can do the same now with, with this you know those same building blocks are within our kind of societal anxieties and i think are worth exploring yeah 
COVID field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. You said something really nice and like, um, just like a really nice, like, good way of if it was actually to be staged. <laughs> and yeah, I just like, all I can go is like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's good. There are things we are quite boring that we could talk about, like explosions and injuries and stuff like that. I wanted to ask about music because there's this really interesting Ooh. thing the film does and i might just forgotten Mm. but my impression was is as you said it's all diegetic Mm. the sound throughout the film but then the credits roll and suddenly we get a 15 minute suite of like cloverfield sound oh my god we do but Mm. like as far as i can tell like just isn't in any of the film it doesn't the film is all diegetic yeah it's all diegetic isn't it Mm. and and the and like the the suite we get in the credits like so some of it gets like kind of pentatonic which i don't know if that's a like a reference to like godzilla or something but it's just like it's just weird it's just it's just very weird and i don't know whether we want to use that whether we want to whether we want music in our thing i i was not planning on using (laughs) any of the music from cloverfield um i think i was I, that was an interesting thing because I think coming into this, I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely going to be some music in it. Mm. And I think I was thinking more in lines of like an Adam Curtis documentary <laughs> as like the, but that, that feels like slightly, but like maybe, maybe it would work of that kind of slightly more, slightly more ambient, yeah. slightly more dark kind of moody atmospheric music. Yeah. That's kind Do of what I was thinking. we could get Adam Curtis to be the, the guy who's like been the <laughs> been the curator of all of these I government would, documents. I would love, I would love more than anything <laughs> in the world to get to see like an Adam Kerr's film about like Godzilla. <laughs> but imagine Nobody it on stage. That the, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly there. Nobody thought the Cloverfield monster would ever come to this city, but that was a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the way we open this play, that would be amazing. <laughs> I feel, I feel if, I feel if we did that, no, I, I love it. I want it more than anything in my life. I feel, I feel that might be too far. Yeah, you can take, a, you took, you can take anything from it seriously after that. I don't think. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, well, I mean, curse, to, what a guy. Uh, with the music point to return to what I was saying about soundscapes, I think there is something in bringing back, you know, early on, especially when they're at the party, there's lots of diegetic music used throughout that whole. You know, it's like a good like 20 minute section of what is like quite a short film. If you take the credits off this, it's about yeah. an hour and 15 minutes is the, is the runtime. Yeah, Jake's face. <laughs> Horrifying. Jake, Jake made a, yeah, a face I could only say as, as like shock, sadness. Yeah. It's, um, just, so what, because feature length is 40 minutes or more, right? No, six, 60 S- minutes or more, I believe is feature 60, length. 60, yeah. I don't know, just like for a studio film, that is. But this is, Cloverfield was not like a studio film. That was what was so exciting yeah. about it. It's because it was a studio <laughs> film. I know. I'm, I'm, it's, I, yeah, that's fine. It's not a studio <laughs> film, yeah, Mark. Yeah, it's <laughs> But like, the, you know, they filmed the whole thing in secret. There was no press release around jj rooms is working on a new project or anything like this the first people heard about it even people within the industry was through this ar marketing campaign it was kind of all under wraps apart from the people making it obviously um (laughs) they had no idea idea what they were doing yeah well in a way in a way they didn't um, (laughs) i think i think they wanted the sense of it being enigmatic as a project yeah and yeah. and I think at the time, you know, I guess I probably was too young to really acknowledge that at all. But like at the time, I think that that worked and that was exciting for people. And certainly looking yeah. through yeah, letterbox reviews, people look back on the marketing campaign as fondly as they look back on the film, which is interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Because I just think yeah. what we've learned in the last few years with things like Cats is that like when studios <laughs> don't use test audiences, they make bad films. And like that's, but also, but also we've learned that when they do use test audiences, they make bad films from like Suicide Squad and <laughs> that's and true. All the Zack Snyder that's stuff. Actually, and, very true. So I, I, I yeah. yeah, I think it's. I just think that lots of bad movies are being churned yeah. out by big studios. I think it's. I think you could. I think you could say it is. It's definitely a victim of hype. Yes. Of like yeah. its its marketing campaign was way. It was was so good that it kind of overshadowed. Um, like the film itself and I think it's kind of it's in a weird way because yeah like I think there's in like stuff like like Cats I think everyone knew was bad beforehand Mm. and I think they kind of leaned into how bad it was um, in the marketing I mean it made me want to go but 
or like with Suicide Squad, there was like kind of that hype, that hype beforehand. Because the trailers were great. They were really well-made trailers. I I don't remember what the trailers <laughs> were like. To be fair, yeah, sorry. That's not me, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you thought the trailers were good, then okay. But. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, mate, you know. But, um, but yeah, there was like, or um, the only other thing I can think of uh, was, um, I guess, outside of films, like Cyberpunk, the um, yes, game Cyberpunk 2077, yes. which was like, was praised to like high hell. Yeah. And like the way they presented it was so... I think maybe not, maybe not necessarily compelling because there was a lot of horrible stuff within it, like the like all the transphobian stuff, and like yeah. just some of the way that the game company CD Projekt Red sort of got their fans on board and sort of like how they talked about the game. But like a lot of the other publicity material was like, this is going to be the best. This is going to be not. They didn't say this, but like directly, but like we're implying this is going to be an incredibly dense, rich beautiful game mm. buy it and then when it was released it was absolute trash yeah, yeah. um and i think in like a different way that's kind of the cloverfield movie of it was this incredibly interesting marketing campaign which made the film seem way richer than it actually was yeah and again i think it was that era of the internet where you could create something you know the internet was kind of just small enough that you could create something that once people discovered it they were they were completely enthralled by everything it had to offer yeah, i mean i, I don't think the inter- I, <laughs> i'm not saying the internet was yeah, small I know, yeah, it was no, vast no, but, yeah. but but as in like now this would just get lost um, amongst this marketing campaign would just be lost amongst the sort of reams and reams of content out there yeah. i think because it's, I think it's, that's really interesting of like, this like Cloverfield's marketing campaign wasn't, was actually, I think by this point, like so many other things had done like an ARG yeah. campaign. I think famously Halo 2 did one called I Love Bees, which was like really, um, basically had, you go to this site that says I Love Bees and it seems like it's some kind of like um, fan site that someone's made about like the bees and then it becomes this totally different thing mm. uh there was a big one for the dark knight uh nine inch nails did like a massive one for one of their albums which is like a concept album of this like authoritarian future mm. yeah it's like really i yeah i think they're super interesting i think considering that we're apparently living through this like y2k sort of revival mm. of like of like all these styles i think i think they're due a comeback as well yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. I look forward to coming back to talk about how I'd stage the ARG um, <laughs> one day. No. Well, just, the, uh, I think, just the ARG of Cloverfield? Not even a different one? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, absolutely. <laughs> From our conversations, I think you could come back and do Disaster Movie. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. my God. Oh, my God. I've seen... Oh, sorry. I, complete, I haven't thought about that film in years. <laughs> no one has. <laughs> no one has. <laughs> yeah. The people that made it haven't thought about it in years. Kim <laughs> Kardashian was in that. What, really? Right? Boy. I think so, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh crazy. my god. Crazy okay. time. Yeah, I, we'll definitely crazy have you back for that. <laughs> my um okay, I'll give you a preview of that episode. <laughs> um how would I stage how would I stage a disaster movie? I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> um uh bro, okay. I to be honest, I I feel like we're there. We're we're running about as long as yeah. the actual movie at this point. So <laughs> gosh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hell yeah, I yeah. mean, so we like to think of this as the first hour of the conversation that you'd have if you were going to okay. stage it. I think we're kind of in agreement. No, well, I don't know. We, yeah, th- this is a question we don't normally bother asking. Given the ideas we've come up with, James, would you actually want to do this? Oh, man, I think there is, given an unlimited budget, mm. and I assume complete creative control, mm. like, Never. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. All of those perfect conditions, not for me. <laughs> no, I think if I was, I think if I was living in the hypothetical dreamland where someone was somehow was like, yeah, do it. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think there's like, I think as much as I'm joking or I have been joking about some of the stuff, there is something. There is, I'm kind of interested in those kind of underlying ideas. Um, the run through it. Yeah, and I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think conceptually, there's something really interesting to dig into there. And formally, the way we've talked about w- with using this sort of fake verbatim as a as a sort of theatrical equivalent of found footage, I think is there's something exciting there to that would w- to have a crack at, I guess. And J.J. Abrams has produced on Broadway, 
you know he he did um, he? he did the play that goes wrong when it went to broadway he produced it what so the f- jj <laughs> if you're listening yeah like just set us up we're ready we can do it we're, we're ready we cloverfield we is coming for... to broadway <laughs> oh my god okay staging seven cloverfield musical james thank you so much for coming on um i hope you enjoyed that fantastic journey through cloverfield <laughs> Absolutely. um we have to tell you it's not even slightly the most ridiculous thing we've thought about staging on this podcast <laughs> oh come um, on but uh oh, but what? it's but you know what we've we've enjoyed that we've enjoyed the challenge nonetheless oh it, um, but you'll have you'll have to do better you have to do better next time start um, the tape again i've got more stupid ideas um <laughs> If people want to find the fiction podcast you've been working on, if people want to find you online, where can they do that? Here's your soapbox. So if you want to listen to Radio Elusia, um, you can listen to it literally wherever you get your podcast from. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, countless other places you can get your podcast from. Um, if you want to follow Radio Elusia on Twitter, it is just at Radio Elusia. Elusia is spelled E L U S. I A and yeah there's like tweets about like the show and kind of like most recent episodes uh every episode goes out on monday um so like subscribe and you'll get stuff on monday um otherwise if you want to follow me don't <laughs> just it's not worth it there's there's not enough there's not enough tweets to make it worth it if you want to follow me uh follow me at jms nsh just all one word it's basically my word with my name my full name without the vowels caleb where can people find you on the interwebs you can find me on uh, twitter instagram and letterboxd at caleb lebster that's c-a-l-e-b-l-e-b-s-t-e-r and jake where can people find you online you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at jake reesh that's j-a-k-e-r-e-e-s-h and i have just started a tiktok for my sins for my very sins um which is which is at jake mori that's j-a-k-e-m-o-r-r-y and i'm hoping to transition everything else over to that handle soon as well regardless we are maybe you like it productions and this is the maybe you like it podcast and you can find us on twitter and instagram at maybe you like it that's with the letter u or on facebook at maybe you like it productions that's with the word u and we've also just created a maybe you like it tiktok which has no posts yet but it will have something and that is at maybe you like it underscore and that's the word u as well otherwise you can visit our website at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or you can drop us an email at info at maybeyoulikeit.co.uk where you can tell us your thoughts on how you would stay to Cloverfield are we being silly is it really easy to do found footage in a different way maybe you can give us your ideas and if you enjoyed this episode please do give us a rate wherever you get your podcasts leave us a review and share us around with your friends we really appreciate it thank you so much Cab for this wonderful theme music playing right now and other than that maybe you liked that maybe you didn't Thank you very much. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't.